0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Uh, today, we, what we want to do is to go through part two of our message. Now, now the message was on uh, when the devil comes around. That, that, was, that was a series, when the devil comes around. And uh, last week, we said that, well, how do we know when he comes around? Well, we, we went through that. This week, we want to go through uh, the another question. Well, what do we do when he comes around? What do we do when he comes around? So we want to go over about, about four things uh, and um, see what, what God has for us. And we'll just go by the Spirit and see what happens there. Now, uh, the first uh, thing we want to do is to, if if, if you would go, probably go to Matthew uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 1, if you'll go there and hold your place there, that's where we'll start. Now, it's always easy to find out what we should do if we know what Jesus did. Is that correct? Because, you know, he's our pattern. You know, we we want to do that. So the the interesting thing is that uh, when I start, you know, studying for this this particular message, I said, "Well, well, well, well Father, I don't want to just uh, just give anything out here. I want to really give what will help us as a as a people." And so that's what I believe He gave me for today. Now the first thing is is that. What do we do when the devil comes around? What do we do? Well, the first thing that we need to be doing is we need to be learning the scripture in its proper context. We need to be learning the scripture in its proper context. And and that is an ongoing process. That's not going to change at all. And you say, well, I can't do that. When the devil comes around because it's too late to do that. Well, yes, uh, it's too late to do that at that particular time when he comes around. But that's okay because he'll leave you for a season. He'll come back again. So uh, you just keep studying the word of God in, in its proper context now. In its proper context so you'll know exactly what the word of God says. That's the first thing you do. And the second thing that we need to do uh, when it comes around is we need to uh, quote the written word of God to the devil because uh, he is going to try to deceive us, and so uh, he will use anything he can, and he'll definitely use if you don't know the word. He'll use that if you really don't know the word because he knows what the word says. So he'll he'll throw some camouflages out there and all those type of things. Now, let's let's look at it in Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he has fasted for the days and forty nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came then we find out that he's not only a deceiver not only accuser of the brethren but he's also a tempter uh, when the tempter came to him he said if you are the son of God command these stones become bread Okay, if you're the son of God but he answered and said it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, he d- he didn't get into a argument with him. Uh, well, I am the son of God. Well, he he devil knew that anyway. He he just said, if you're the son of God, then you can do this right here. Well, uh, he thought he was gonna. Tempt him into doing something that he was not uh, supposed to do, but he, he didn't fall for that. Then the devil, in verse 5, took him up into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now Jesus just used that, it is written. So the devil said, okay, since you want to quote words, let's quote some words. And he said, well, uh, and he said to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up. Is that true? Is that in Scripture? Yeah, it's in Scripture. It's in Scripture. So he was going to use the word to get him to sin. But see, you remember the first thing I said, we're going to learn the word in its proper context. That's important, in its proper context. And it says that, uh least you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Now, let's ask the question. Do you think Jesus knew the word in the proper context? Absolutely. Absolutely. He knew the word in the proper context. If he wouldn't have known the word in the proper context, then he might would have fallen for something. But see, he knows the word in its proper context, and he can quote the word. And that's what we have to do also. Now I want to ask you a question, because uh, because, uh, I added this in, because just because Jesus knew the word, Knew it in a proper context. Is that the reason why he was not deceived? Is that the reason? See, because uh, we can say, well, uh, because we always say, well, we just quote the word. Just all we do, we quote quote the word. Uh, We know the word. Well, the Pharisees knew the word, didn't they? They knew the word. Why did the devil deceive them if they knew the word and they could quote the word? There there, there was a question that was asked me uh, by me, uh, why, why, you know, why was it that Jesus was not tempted? Why is it that he was not deceived? Why is it that we are deceived? Is it because we know the word of God? No, no, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Uh, we can go back to the beginning. You remember uh, Adam and Eve? Do you think that Eve and Adam knew what God said? Absolutely. They knew what He said. So they knew what the spoken word of God was that they were to do or not do. They knew that. So why were they deceived? Why was, well, was she, why was she deceived and Adam just flat out sin? Why was it? That uh, that happened. Why? If they knew exactly what the word of God said. See, if, if 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 it's all all about well, if you know the word, you're never gonna be tempted. You're never gonna fall because no, 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 no. That is not true. I don't believe because uh, obviously, Adam and Eve knew the word of God. It, w- it didn't take a didn't take a rocket scientist to know what he said about uh, what to eat and what not to eat, what tree to eat from, what trees not to eat from. Then take a rocket scientist. Okay, okay so I said, well, quick God, I need to know. Because some way, some way, form, or fashion, I'm going to have to overcome the deceiver. Do you, do you notice that when the devil is cast into the pit For a thousand years, no nations are deceived during a thousand years. None. As soon as he is let out, he deceives the nations again. You say, wow. He is really a deceiver then. Why is it that he's able to deceive so many people? Why is it? So I said, okay, Lord, I need to know. So let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 12. Let's go there, verse 28. Let's see if we go there. Fourteen, not twelve, fourteen, twenty. Um, where it says here, um, You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to my father, and my father is greater than I. And now I I have told you before, it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world, who are we talking about? Who is Jesus talking about? Satan. The ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. And that's important. I said, oh, oh, not only do I have to know the word in its proper context not only do I have to be to quote the word but I also have to have nothing in me that the devil can use I said now that is a problem you know because um, if, if if that's so then I got a lot of work to do here uh, because see most people would say, the devil has nothing in me. I ask you, to say, how many people the devil has something in? Uh, no, where in the world you gonna raise your hand? You know. <laughs> but I can tell you that he has something in me. I can tell you that. I can tell you that because I know the word of God. And so, in Matthew 15:15, 15, 15, let's go there. In Matthew 15:15. 15, 15. You said, well, I'm glad you say he has something in you, but he don't have nothing in me. So you're the only one in here got some. The devil got something in Don't come around me. He might jump off me and get on you. No. That says here. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But the things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of their heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Now, when I was, when that was added to a message, I said, okay. You see, I know I'm not going to ask the people to, you know, does the devil have anything in them? Because I know they're going to say no. Okay? But if I say, how many of you have a pure heart that, that there is nothing whatsoever impure in that heart, you have a perfectly pure heart just like Jesus. Nobody can say, I do. I have a perfect heart. I got No one can be able to say that. No one can be able to say that. But Jesus did. He had a pure heart. He had a pure heart. The devil had nothing in him. So I said, God, my problem then is that I need to get my heart purified because the devil knows the things that push my button. Probably you all don't have buttons, you know. Probably, yeah. Uh, but I do. And I want to get rid of all these buttons and, and say, I know that what happens is that there are some things that does not matter at all to you, at all. Doesn't matter at all. I like guess somebody might say, well, hey, let's go out and eat. Uh, what do you want to eat? And a lot of people say it doesn't matter. I don't care, it doesn't matter to me. And they're, they're honest about it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to them. And uh there are other things the same way that it really does not matter. But then there are other things that it matters. If you touch this thing, it matters. Don't don't touch <laughs> <coughs> Don't touch that. Like, like what, Sam? I, I, I can say. Well, you know what, Sam? Guess what? I didn't vote because I didn't have anybody to vote for, and I didn't want to vote for either one of them. Now I did vote, but I'm just saying. That, but if I told Sam that, which I did tell him uh, one time, but you know, <laughs> I did tell him before voting time came. Boy, that was a button. That was a button, and Stella knows what I'm talking about, and she was like, don't say nothing about politics around Sam." You know That dude uh, he' go on his soapbox man, he, he, he's going to go off and, and you, you can forget any other conversation about anything. Some people are like that about other things. They really are. They really are. Some things it really doesn't matter to them, other things, it does matter to them. It really does. I know uh, one person that um, one particular theology, um, as long as you didn't touch this, you're okay. they okay. How many things you disagree on in the Bible, it really doesn't matter because we've got enough in the Bible to agree on. But now, if you touch this thing, then we're going to have some problems. We're going to have some problems. And so people are like that. With their little pet peeves, well, you know, you heard of that, right? Their little pet peeves. You know, they, 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 they you know, you okay with them as long as you don't say the wrong thing about something that they feel is a pet peeve to them, a button pusher to them. Satan already knows what that button is. He already knows. And see, I don't want to have all these buttons because. I know that Satan, when he comes around, will find something in me because he knows these buttons that can be pushed, and then he knows how to just rail me up to where I'm going to get upset about something and, and, and then sin, and then sin. Because a lot of times when you get angry, that's when you, that's when you sin. That's what you're saying. And and a lot of people don't get angry about many things, but you talk about one particular thing, oh man, they they're going off. They're going off, you know. Don't let them know that you don't believe in this or or believe that. Uh that that, that that's no no. That's a no no. So I don't want all these buttons. And I said, Well God, you got to help me because my heart is not pure that I don't have any stuff in there that will cause me to get angry and then sin because the only time I'm going to talk about anybody negatively is if they make me mad on, a, on a something that I don't like is that Is that the case with most people? That's the case with most people you yeah. know as long as they don't make you upset, uh, then you, you, you speak well of them, but as soon as you say something, you know about something. Um no no no. No no no. Talk to talk to people about uh let's say gun control. <laughs> it it depends. it depends on who you're talking to, isn't it? It depends on who you're talking to, you see. And so I don't want these little buttons in me because that will cause me sometimes to uh, then not think so highly of this person who now I thought, they thought the same way that I thought, you know, but they might not think the same way. So I said, okay, God, then you're saying here that we need to purify our hearts because everything that comes out of the heart, It's sin, adulterers, fornications. That comes out of the heart. It doesn't come out. It doesn't come (coughs) from from the stomach. It's not coming from the stomach. It's not coming from uh, uh, just your, you know, just just oh, this is something I thought about, you know. No, 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 no. This is something that's coming out of your heart. So therefore, we need to get this thing straight. We need to get it straight. So I said, okay, God. I got it now. I got it. And the congregation going to love this. I said, they're going to love it because they know that you said Satan is coming, but he has nothing in me. The rule of this word come. He has nothing in me. And we know that, that he has something in us because we don't have the purified heart yet like we want to have it. We're trying, in the process, get our heart. Uh, uh, the junk out of our hearts. We're trying, but that's what well, God. We have to. That's what we're gonna have to be doing is trying to get this thing, the same purified. So, you know, in, in another verse in uh, First John, 2:16, he said, "Well, you know, all this in the world is a lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life." And don't you know that pride is a big thing in the heart? It's, it's a biggie. It's a biggie. If we, if we have pride, and which almost all of us do, I don't know, matter of fact, I don't know anybody who doesn't, uh, then uh, Satan has something in us. He does. And we've got to get rid of this stuff. We've got to get rid of this junk. I'm telling you. So I said to God, help me. Help me, Lord, uh, to, to uh, not only do it myself, but teach the congregation. So let's go to the last scripture. The last scripture I want to hit was um, I want to go to James chapter four. Let's go there, and I want to start in verse six. Now it says but he gives more grace. Therefore it says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That tells me that one of the my top priorities should be humility. Wouldn't it tell you that? <laughs> I don't know whether you hear me or not. It would tell me, this is what it would tell me, if God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, it tells me I need to be humble and get rid of all pride, if I possibly can, because he's going to resist me. He's going to resist me. I don't need him resisting me. I need grace. I need grace. John taught a message on grace. Didn't he, John, a couple messages on grace. So um, we need grace, but grace comes with humility. Grace does not come with proudness. Then it says, "Therefore, since you need humility, therefore submit to God, resist the devil." and he will flee from you. So when the devil comes around, I can resist him if I submit myself to God, to the Father, and say, well, look, uh, I'm going I'm to draw near to you, because you said you're going to draw near to me. You said to cleanse my hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So in other words, he's saying that don't think you'll That Satan doesn't have anything in you because he does. You need to be about purifying your heart. You need to be about cleansing your hands. You need to be about about lamenting and and mourning and and weeping uh, and let your laughter be turned to to mourning and your joy to gloom because see, it's a time for laughter. Uh, That's that's a good thing. Uh, uh, Joy, you know, laughter is good like a medicine. Uh, But in this case he's saying that we're, we're, we're doing some serious stuff here. We're trying to purify our hearts. We're trying to get God uh, to, to point these things out, these buttons out and say, you see that button right there? Okay, uh, get rid of that button right there. Because he's going to push that button. Okay, see that button over there? I want you to get rid of that. Let's work on these two buttons right now. And, and see, uh, I know that it's going to take, uh, take some some mourning. With me, because some buttons you don't want to get rid of, I guess. Do y'all want to get rid of all your buttons? No, don't tell me you do. Because I'll ask you, why are you holding on to them. You, know, <laughs> you know, why are you holding on to those buttons? Yeah? You see, uh, so I need to be about God. I need to submit myself to you. So I need to be in prayer. I need to be in fasting. I need to be uh, humbling myself. God, help me. Help me get rid of this pride. Help me get rid of this button over here. Help me to to not get upset when when a, when a person uh, says this against me. I don't want I don't want to have, have that that happen. God, I, I need I need your help, Lord, to purify this heart. That's serious business. That's serious business. And see, a lot of times. I don't think we think that way. I I think we think that, well, the devil comes around and um, you just quote the word like Jesus said. He quoted the word. Well, you can quote it all you want to. But I'm going to tell you, if he got something in you, then you can quote. But you're going to have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. I'm telling you, you can't be just a memorizer of the word. You're going to have to be a doer of the word. You see? And so that's what I want to be. I want to say, God, when the devil comes around, I want to uh, have already started uh, learning this word in its proper context, memorize this word so I can quote this word. I want to already uh, be, be trying to get rid of these buttons and this stuff in my heart uh, so that I can say, well, the devil's coming, but he doesn't have anything in me. I, I want to have, have that as a reality. You see, I want to do that. And I want to be about humbling hum- myself. I, I want to do that and i need i need help in doing that do you realize we need each other how how in the world are you going to know when you're in pride how are you gonna know the only way you're gonna know is somebody tell you it's you because because we don't think we're in pride we don't do you realize every time you make a make a um an excuse for something that that uh, you were wrong in doing, but you make an excuse for it. Do you realize that that's sin? Do you realize that's pride? I'm serious. I'm serious. You know, I, I told my uh, leaders a long time ago, I said, look, when, when you're, you're married and your wife says, look, you do this and that's not right Is not right. You need to stop that. That is not the time to say, well, you do this over here, and that's not right either. But how many of us have ever done that? Yeah, yeah, we've done it. That is pride. That is pride. Uh, She wasn't addressing her sin. She was addressing yours. At another time, at another place, now you can address her. But not at that time. Not at that place. And I've seen it so many times. So many times. And, and I, I just have to overlook it a lot of times. I say, oh, my goodness gracious. They got so much pride. They don't even know they have it. And see, the problem is that sometimes if we say something to somebody, hey, that, that, that's, you shouldn't do that. Just accept what somebody told you to do. I was wrong please forgive me, that, that, that was not right. Then we'll, we'll, we'll get upset with it because we don't believe we we're wrong. And so what a person starts start, start doing is not saying anything to you. They don't even address your problems. And guess what happens? Your problems stay your problems. Your buttons stay your buttons. And you don't get any better. I don't want that. So I give Minerva permission to address my problems, address them. And and she does address them. And I said, praise God. Go for it, girl. You know, yeah, yeah. Because it's only going to help me. It's only going to help me. Right? That's all it's going to do, help me. And so you all have to be the same way by getting somebody close to you that you know, care for you, to address some of your problems. Yeah, uh, so stop stop doing that to him, you know. You know. <laughs> we know that the message was just for Sam today. <laughs> <coughs> ah, no, it wasn't just for Sam today, it was for me. That's what the message is for. Please hey stand. Y'all, y'all are so good. Y'all are so sweet. Y'all are really uh, are good about receiving correction. Because actually, it's the word of God, isn't it? That's what you want, the word of God. And so I said, when the devil comes around, hey, I don't want him to have nothing in me. That's for sure. And so I don't want him to have anything in the congregation either. Because that's not, that's not going to help any, any of us. Any of us. Okay. So let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church.